Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. The injury bug hits the Vikings all at once. We'll explain next on today's Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. What is up? Happy Tuesday. It's the Minnesota Football Party on Locked on Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom on what is now called X. And uh, you can find our show for free on YouTube, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm joined by Luke Inman, right-hand man at Luke underscore Spinman. He writes the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter for the Locked on Podcast Network. And uh, he joins us today as he does every Wednesday. No Reggie Wilson. Usually it's a Reggie Wilson Wednesday. He's out for the week. He'll be back next week. And today, Luke, we talk about an injury-plagued Minnesota Vikings practice. Not good. A lot of stuff piling up uh, just in really a matter of minutes. It seemed like they, things went from 0 to 60 fast yesterday and not in a good way. We'll explain. We'll get an update on Dalton Reisner after hearing from KOC yesterday. We'll update Mr. Mankato, and we'll talk about Kurt Cousins' contract all coming up today with myself, Luke Inman on a show that is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Uh, Luke, which injury report had you more panicked? Because there were a lot of them yesterday. There were a couple guys who are clearly quite injured, a couple guys maybe like minorly injured, and then a couple guys we just don't know what happened. We, we still don't know what happened to them, but not good at Vikings practice yesterday. Um, were you following Twitter and were you bugging out watching all the injuries uh, pop up? First of all, let me just echo what you started with. You just never know, man. At this point in the season where we're at, you could get 10 practices in a row where everyone's happy and healthy and then bam, four or five guys go down yesterday. Uh, probably out of all of them, I was most bummed about Tristan Jackson we were just talking about him literally hours before the practice on yesterday's show too, hyping him up clearly was having a great camp this far had the play of the day one practice prior with that one-handed circus catch down the sideline so super bummed for him as far as being worried Madison with the hammy is something I'm not going to be quick to overlook to be honest those hammies can linger I just wouldn't be surprised if it's anything more than just a tweak, Sam, they play it super cautious. They keep him out now all of camp and preseason and get him ready to roll for week one, which means, hello, three-headed race for the new first-team reps, Ken A, Ty Chandler, McBride. That's going to be very interesting to watch unfold. Which guy the coaches favor by the time we get to preseason game number one? Probably a good thing for McBride, by the way, too. Just quick side note. Get a lot of extra work and reps now on his plate. Start to master the art of blocking, right, and catching. Things he was just never asked to do in college at UAB. Uh, as far as Andrew Booth, 
man, death taxes and Andrew Booth being hobbled. I mean, not much more we can really talk about, Sam, with him. This dude has just been clearly injury prone, even going past college all the way back to his high school days. Obviously, super frustrating. He's obviously got some first-round talent in there somewhere, but that's exactly why he fell as far as he did on draft night. Remember, dude just can't stay healthy and on the field. And if you can't stay on the field, you're not getting reps. And if you're not getting reps, you're not getting better and developing and honing your craft. So uh, he's got a long mountain to climb for a variety of reasons now. And I think, I think fans are starting to get to the point where I'm at, where I'm mentally already... I'm ready to shelve him for the 2023 season. I right. really am. I hope he can come back next year healthy and it all clicks for him in year three. Huge bummer, though, just knowing how badly they just need more bodies back there in the secondary and could use his talent in a Flores scheme. Just feels like a huge wasted opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, again, if people weren't following along, I'll, I'll, I'll run through the injuries you alluded to and a couple other uh, mysterious ones. So... Andrew Booth was the first to walk off the field with a trainer. Was not limping. Uh, don't know what was afflicting him, but he was gone and did not return early in practice during individual drills. Uh, he apparently suffered this, so not great. Um, secondly, and I take I have to take some partial responsibility for this. If you believe in jinxes, myself, and I don't want to incriminate any other reporters, but we were standing there watching one, one-on-ones, so cornerback versus wide receiver, watching Tristan Jackson do his thing. Uh, you know, the previous day, he'd had a one-handed catch that made the highlight reels. He made another great catch, and that prompted us to start having the conversation about, yeah, are they going to carve out a spot for Tristan Jackson? He's playing really well, and we were we were deep into it, talking about Tristan. Oh, no. Team. Literally mid conversation, he gets his next rep, beats the guy, and slight overthrow. Don't know who threw it, but he tried to make the same one-handed catch he made the day before, kind of like a, like reaching out mid lunge, half dive kind of thing. Took a bad step. Mm. Took a bad step, mm. and it was right in front of me. And we don't have the diagnosis yet, but this is like copy paste exactly what you would expect for like a bad knee injury. A la Greg Childs from Arkansas way back in the day. That might be its own category. The Greg. <laughs> yeah, probably the double legged um, yeah. injury. But I mean, instant, instant reaching for the knee, mm -hmm. clearly in pain, surrounded by teammates, coach, GM. Um, cart comes out, everybody's patting him on the back, trying to encourage him. He's devastated. Didn't look good at all. Kind of cast a, a pall over the rest of practice. Then at the end of practice, Alexander Madison pulls up lame. And, uh, we saw it like Luke Braun. He thought maybe hammy, uh, no clue really. I mean, he, Madison limped to the sideline. There did not seem to be a lot of urgency to deal with him from the training staff. He stood there, didn't return, just kind of hung out, then walked off the field on his own power, limping again after practice. Today's a walkthrough, um, so he doesn't really... There's no urgency for him to get back on the field today, certainly. Um, tomorrow's the night practice. I'm sure we won't see him then. And then a day off. Uh, if it's nothing, maybe we'll see him Saturday. If it's something, like you said, Luke, this might be a couple weeks 
of Alexander Madison being out. So those are the injuries we saw. Then kind of taking a little roll call toward the end of practice. We're like, hey, have you seen Marcus Davenport anywhere? Nope. Just didn't participate in team drills. So that leads you to believe that either they're giving Davenport a day off, which seems a little weird, second day of pads, or he got hurt as well and left. Never saw it. And Ken A. Wangwu. Where's Ken A? We never saw Ken A. That's why we saw a lot of McBride, a lot of Chandler. No Ken A. We don't know what happened to Ken A. So that's at minimum three injuries, at most five. Uh, and that, of course, doesn't include, you know, the Sam Schluters, the Chris Reeds, the Andre Carters, the guys that are already out. So Luke piling up yesterday, man. Uh, it wasn't great. And, you know, the, the ripple effect of all this, and then I'll stop talking. Other guys get opportunities. You know, Tristan Jackson was clearly in the lead to be your sixth wide receiver. Now, you know, Thayer Thomas. Suddenly, like, the opportunity, unfortunately, sometimes comes from injury. Um, Kenny Wongwu misses practice. Alexander Madison goes out. We see a lot of Dwayne McBride. We see a lot of Ty Chandler. Um, so just backfilling these roles, that that's what happens in camp a lot of times. You know, you, you've got this opportunity and someone like Christian Jackson who this is career-altering for him. Your mm -hmm. heart goes out to him because this was his opportunity. He was playing great. And now, like, you can't just assume he's going to play great again next year coming off a knee injury like that. So that sucks. Um, and I, that it was chilling. It was chilling to be that close to it. Not, not good at all. And we'll find out, like all these injuries, Sam, we'll find out hopefully in the next few days, really the severity of these. Um, I'm most curious, though, again, about this Alexander Madison injury. It sounds like you weren't 100% sold exactly what it was. Luke Braun described it as just looked like the way he grabbed the back of his leg and thigh. Mm -hmm. It just looked like a classic tweak Tammy. So we'll see the severity of that. Again, Hammy's huge spectrum when it comes to hamstring injuries. And again, those things can linger. I wouldn't be surprised, even if it was just a tweak, if you didn't see Madison out there for the next 10, 15 days or so at minimum. But yeah, you're right. Next man up mentality, huge opportunity for this youth movement. A lot of these young guys to soak up a lot of valuable reps and show the coaches what they can do. Yeah. So let's update the Mr. Mankato board after a word from FanDuel. FanDuel uh, brings today's show. They're an official partner of Major League Baseball. They're America's number one sports book. You can do NFL futures there, bet the golf tournaments, bet every line, every league. That's what I like to say. Uh, Twins back in action tonight, taking on the Cardinals, trying to build a winning streak after doing nothing at the trade deadline. They're favored. Joe Ryan on the mound, trying to bounce back from his awful performance. Minus 134 against the struggling Cardinals. Bet that game, bet all the Major League Baseball games at FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, you can get a great new promotion. Bet 20, get 200 in bonus bets back. Or just get 10 times your initial bet. doesn't have to be 20. It could be 5. Get $50 back in free play. Bonus bets from FanDuel, whether you win or lose. Safe, secure, very easy to use app or interface. When you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet than America's number one sports book. FanDuel.com slash locked on is the website. FanDuel.com slash locked on the website to visit. Get those $200 in bonus bets and bet some baseball if you want. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Um, I was checking around at FanDuel. They don't have Mr. Mankato odds posted right now. Crazy. So, yeah, we'll have to do it in our minds, in our hearts. Um, I've, I think there are a couple candidates right now, and this is a question coming from at Super Skull Fan. 
Must like the Vikings. Um, thank you for the question. Who is leading Mr. Mankato right now? It was Tristan. It was Tristan yesterday. And I think he's off the board now. And I think we got to pivot. And I think that there is an offense and a defensive candidate before playing any games. I think that Thayer Thomas is the offensive guy. And I think by virtue of his reps, Ivan Pace Jr. is the defensive guy. And he even worked in a little bit with the ones yesterday. Now, granted, they were doing some wild rotations on defense. Sometimes it's hard to really keep track of like what group is the starting group and what group is the second group because they really rotated a lot of guys in. But Ivan Pace Jr. consistently, at worst with the twos, always with the twos, and even occasionally with the ones, based on where he started, Luke, as a UDFA, I mean, that's got to be Mr. Mankato material. Yeah, you said it supplanted with the twos, now even getting some reps with the ones, Sam, the first team. I know they rotated both him and Troy Dyan, but still, the fact that you got a UDFA in the mix that early. Flores has already named him and called him out specifically as a guy who's impressing just the heck out of him. That's a huge W for Pace, and he's got to be in that top three, I would think, for me and my money right now, for sure. If we're at Canterbury, he's at about a five to two right now. Out of gate three on the turf with Dean Butler jockeying. So I, I just like his chances. <laughs> I, I really do. And you mentioned Thayer Thomas. He was always going to get overshadowed by Tristan Jackson. That's just the way it looked. Not only out on the field, but on paper, it just looked like Tristan Jackson was performing better. Now that he's out of the mix, Thayer Thomas immediately steps into that spotlight and he could make some noise as well. I think now that the pads are on, we're only, what, two days into padded practice, you're mm -hmm. going to see a big shift in the plays that are made from things like the trenches, right? So maybe a guy like Jaquel and Roy gets his name in the hat and guys like the running backs more so too with the pads on. Huge opportunity for guys like Dwayne McBride and Ty Chandler. Can we put Brandon Powell on here? Because it sounds like that dude was just lighting it up and has been actually yeah. pretty consistently the last few days. Let, let I don't know if he qualifies, but I, I like him. I like. Let him. me just I don't throw some at you yep. real quick. Yep. Um, Luke Braun on his postcast yesterday after Vikings camp. Five words. Brandon Powell and Tay Gowan. Those were the two big winners in Luke Braun's notes. I'm just wondering if you can shed any light on what you've seen, not only throughout camp, but yesterday specifically at practice six from Brandon Powell and a guy like Tay Gowan. Yeah, Brandon Powell has impressed me ever since minicamp. And like now we're going on, if you include minicamp OTAs, I'm going on, I don't know, a dozen practices I've seen now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the body of work is starting to stand out to me where Brandon Powell has made enough plays, not just, you know, as a punt returner, but legitimately as a wide receiver slash gadget guy where he so clearly seems above Jalen Rager to me that I feel like extremely confident in that opinion that that Jalen Rager is not long for this roster. Rager still worked in, obviously, with the with the twos, but Brandon Powell looks like an upgrade to me, 100 percent. Now, Tay Gowan, now this is where Luke Braun shines. Luke Braun, does, he never gets bored with the bottom of the roster. This is what's great about Luke Braun. I tune, I tune out. If I see the threes out there, generally, I'm not paying great attention. Tay Gowan um, has not popped to me, and that's probably my own fault because I have not been paying close attention to Tay Gowan. His reps have not been good. He's not, he's, I don't think he's ever been with the twos, even. like He's definitely buried. But practice squad potential, sure, sure. I'm not going to make any big declarations yet. Um, 
But and, I and trust that may LeBron. have been more on special teams. It just sounds like he was laying out some guys. He was getting feisty. He was throwing some hands, and he was just making some splash plays when given the opportunity. Again, we'll have to ask him tomorrow on the football party. I keep going back to the question I asked you last week about, okay, if Josh Metellus has this unique, special carved-out role, right? If he were to ever go mm-hmm. down, who do they have backing him up? You mentioned Theo Jackson. I'm thinking to myself, why not Lewis Seen first and foremost? He seems like the perfect man for the job to move downhill like that, just like he did at Georgia, and be able to be moved around like that Joker package. But Theo Jackson was the name that you brought up last week to kind of back up Josh Metellus. Was that right? Yeah, Theo Jackson seems to be the Metellus backup. Although I did notice just yesterday that they put Lewis seen with the twos in the Metellus role in the box. So I think we're starting to see some cross training going on. I think the first four days of practice without pads, everybody was kind of in their spot. Mm -hmm. Now that we've got pads on, I have started to see guys starting to do some different things. And maybe that was the plan all along was to give them a week of one role and then mix things up and see if they can do something else. So, like, let's give it some room to breathe before we bury Lewis Seen for not doing anything at these practices. Um, you know, Brian Flores raving about that interception he had last Saturday that everybody's been talking about. Um, I think Lewis Seen is still a useful piece and may even, like, play in games. I just I think that Metellus is the preferred option still right now, but I, I also wouldn't say that Theo Jackson is above Lewis Seen on the depth chart, if that makes sense. Um, I think that they could be training Lewis Seen to be a you know deep safety, box safety. He's going to be able to fly around. I'm confident in that. They're not just going to limit his potential in the second year of his career. I, I, I feel like Brian Flores likes to throw it all at these guys. He said that. Mm-hmm. He's okay with it being complicated for them so that they have to learn it. So I think that Seen, yeah, I think that Seen is going to figure that out. Let me revisit, Luke, um, our initial Mr. Mankato predictions. Let's just get an update on, on these guys. You said Jalen Naylor. In, again, injuries. Naylor hasn't participated in like four or five days with a leg, a contact leg injury, and they expect him back pretty soon. But he's, Do we know uh, what that means, Sam? What does that mean? Like, what are we talking? An ankle, a knee, a hammy, a quad? What what is what does that mean? I, w- just like I wish I knew. Like a, a like a big bruise, a deep bruise. Yeah, contact leg injury. So obviously, as opposed to non-contact, which is usually scary, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been out rehabbing. Um, and that usually is kind of where we get an indication of of where they're at. No sign of him. So I can't mm-hmm. speak at all on Jalen Naylor. So your guy. I think still has a very good chance to perform in games and win this thing, but his odds, maybe this is a good time to, to buy the dip. The odds right. are moving up. Yeah. Up into he's the gotta get He's got to get out there though. He's got to get back out there sooner yeah. than later. Yeah. Um, Arif had Dwayne McBride again mm-hmm. with the opportunities afforded mm-hmm. to him. I think that his odds are shrinking. Like he's, the- you know, he's moving down now. Shri- I don't know if to say shrinking or increasing. I'm not sure what verbiage to use, but he's moving up in the, in the rankings, he's probably like plus 300 or something. Yeah, this thing's wide open now, Sam. Mm-hmm. It really feels like it. Now that the front runner and the heavyweight Trishan Jackson's out, man, this thing feels wide open. And again, I'll go back to it. Now that the pads are on, you're going to start to see a different brand of football being played throughout the next, you know, however many practices. I think some guys uh, that maybe aren't on our radar right now have a chance to pop up and make a name for themselves. Yeah, Braun had Blackman and he 
hey. began to get some reps um, in place of Juwan Williams. Yeah. As a first team corner. First team first nickel, team right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's go. I mean, we kind of had that debate, like third rounders shouldn't be in the equation, but they are. Those are the rules. And absolutely, Makai Blackman, if we're going to talk about Ivan Pace, you know, hey, he's working with the twos. He's playing with the ones now a little bit. Got to talk about Makai Blackman. Sure. A higher draft pick for sure. So the bar was already raised a little bit higher, but proof's in the pudding. He's been playing with the first team Nichols, Sam, now for a couple days. Uh, that speaks volumes for sure, especially under a Brian Flores hectic schematic defense. For him to get those reps already, that's great news for not only Mr. Mankato, but just forecasting him and projecting him for the 2023 season. Yeah. And again, they gave that first week to Jawan Williams. We got very excited. And now they're giving some of that work to Makai Blackman. So maybe, again, they're going to compare their first two weeks and then kind of make a decision on who they want with that first group going forward. So it might not necessarily be Juwan Williams. And again, notable that it was not Andrew Booth who got that chance. It was Makai Blackman, the first one to step in with those ones. Uh, and then my, my choice, Jaron Hall, it has not been good. Um, he was back with the threes yesterday. Nick Mullins returned, so didn't see a lot of Jaron Hall. But um, I thought he was sharp in one-on-ones, like where he had no pass rush. <laughs> um, but after that, it was not a very sharp afternoon for Jaron Hall. I feel like he is rapidly declining um, in, in terms of my hopes for that. So we'll see. We'll see. The games The games will be telling. If he Absolutely. Can, I, yeah. I will say this about Jaron Hall. Maybe you reverse jinxed him in a good way, Sam, because we went over the list of Mr. Mankato winners the last decade. And I got to be honest, the guys who win this thing and bring the hardware home, they don't necessarily equate to being good football players on the field for the foreseeable future. So maybe you did the guy a favor. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a slower situation where the games are phenomenal and the practices aren't, but the games are enough to get him the W. Uh, let's talk Dalton Reisner after I remind folks that we're partnered with Sirius XM, the SXM app, find all the lockdown sports, Minnesota content there. That includes the Ron Johnson show, Minnesota sports rank them. And of course the Minnesota football party SXM search lockdown sports, Minnesota, or search twins and get the hometown broadcast there. Twins Cardinals tonight, six forty-five. Um, Luke, we talked about Dalton Reisner yesterday with Luke Braun at length. Kevin O'Connell addressed it yesterday in his press conference. And I was honestly a little surprised at how far down the road he went on Dalton Reisner. Typically, if a guy's not signed, head coaches are hesitant to even talk about them. He talked about Dalton Reisner like he was part of the team, which makes me think that this is happening. And he didn't go as far as to say that he's going to be a starter, but he did say that we're looking to add competition um, to an already very good group. You know, again, he has to say that. I don't know if he believes that, but um, said they've just had meetings, haven't had workouts yet, and they basically have been asking him whether he's comfortable with a little positional movement, you know, moving around the offensive line. Luke, you even threw out tackle. Could you play some tackle? Don't know. But it sounded to me like they're really planning on this thing happening. Uh, did you see those quotes from KOC? What did you make of it? I did. Yeah, to be honest, Sam, I'm still kind of dipping my toes into this whole thing. It, it just seems like, uh, honestly, you always want to add as much talent as you can. Uh, certainly, we know we could use the depth at that situation as well. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, 
how you put these pieces of the puzzle together, though. Because, again, Ezra still on, uh, you know, a rookie contract. Obviously, Ed Ingram ain't going anywhere. You use a second-round pick on a guy just last year, and you let him start all season, you're kind of pot committed at that point, right? You can't just start uh, picking and choosing when you're going to play him and when you're not. At this point, you've kind of pushed your chips all in on Ed Ingram. you got to continue to get him those reps and help him develop and progress into hopefully the best player that he can be. So it makes me think, okay, maybe it's just depth scenario. That's where I got trouble just thinking about it from Dalton Reisner's lens, right, and his agent. And, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe the Vikings only offered him backup money, right? I mean, if you look at his projected salary up on SpotRack, it's $9.5 million. And I just don't see any team offering him anything more than like five or so, honestly. So half of that pretty much of what's projected up on SpotRack. But when you're a player or agent, you see those types of numbers and projections thrown around. You get that number kind of fixated in your head. This is what I'm worth. And it wouldn't surprise me to find out if maybe they're they're just way off in negotiations right now. Not to say that they couldn't come to an agreement here over the next two, three weeks. But um, I think he's just going to probably hold out and see if he can get a better offer. Barring maybe, you know, another injury somewhere else on one of the other 31 teams because that's what he thinks he's worth. But, yeah, I just don't know how all these pieces are going to fit if and when he is actually brought in. It is a little curious when your biggest need is arguably right guard. He's a left guard. Um, and again, they're talking to him about switching positions. Does it always translate? You know, does it always translate from one side to the other where you can assume he's going to be the same guy? And also, do you want to threaten your second round pick, Ed Ingram, who you drafted just one year ago, and put him on the hot seat right away? I think that he struggled pretty mightily last year. I think that it needs to be certainly have the conversation, but also, you know, you do need to be have consideration about like, all right, how much is that Ingram going to improve this year? Mm-hmm. Can we assume that at all? Because um, we, I'm sure they would rather have the the cheap rookie guard or the rookie contract guard than the more expensive Dalton Reisner, 28 year old. Um, question came in uh, from Dustin Roberts on Twitter. Do you think Reisner and the other two starting guards? could do a guards by committee thing that that'd be interesting i haven't seen it a lot um in the nfl but what do you think about that i think unlike a lot of other positions sam with the offensive line there really is something tangible as far as having continuity with the same starting five which is why you so rarely or literally if ever we'll see in the entire nfl any team rotating their offensive linemen in and out in a game or even week to week for that matter. So I would highly doubt you'd see any type of rotation. I think if and when they ever got him in here, they would have a competition, a healthy competition, just like any other position. If anybody else were to get brought in and evaluate and let the best two men win, whether that's rising out left guard and maybe Ezra slides over to right guard or whatever that may look like. But um, yeah, certainly some sort of rotation would be out of the norm, let's just put it that way, in the way most teams run their offensive line in the NFL. Got a couple more Twitter questions I'd like to get to before we close out today's show from Adam Barrett. Not heard Jay Ward's name mentioned once so far during camp, despite being our fourth-round pick. Anything worth noting, good or bad? So I've said before on this show that Jay Ward looks very small to me, um, Quazy and KOC have expressed that they would like to see him gain about 10 pounds, and that's not going to happen overnight. He needs to strengthen up physically. 
Brian Flores was asked this week um, where he's at positionally. And that's interesting, Luke, because you've been saying you think that he, you know, is he a box guy, nickel guy, safety? Like you've thought that he's got some positional flexibility. I thought he was kind of baked in at safety, but Brian Flores said, we're still working on it. Like it's still a work in progress where he's going to land. So that was interesting to me. So, so all that to say, Luke, they want him to change his body. They might want him to change his position. He's a project. I think he's a project. He absolutely that's, that's is. Okay. That's yeah, okay. I asked you, I think verbatim almost, the same exact question about a week ago. Hey, haven't heard Jay Ward's name. What's going on with him? You kind of described the same situation, just kind of buried right now, working with the threes. You're right. It's almost going to be a type of redshirt season for him, barring a bunch of injuries, and he's just thrown into the fire. But um, it's a lot to absorb this Brian Flores defense for anyone, even a 12-year vet like Harrison Smith, let alone a rookie. And then on top of that, Sam, couple that with the fact that maybe I got to learn multiple positions and know how to play them, like the back of my hand inside and out before I even step on the field with the second or third team. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of trial by fire for him. I think he's certainly safe on the the 53-man roster when this is all said and done. He's going to be in the future mix, Sam, but right now I think we're a long ways from seeing him out on the field impacting anything in this Brian Flores defense. Yeah. Again, deep position group. You know, there's a lot of guys above him that I think have kind of earned the right to be above him. So this, he could be the fifth safety and mm-hmm. be inactive all year, but teams will do that. Sometimes they got a couple roster spots just for situations like that. Last one from Vikes report Kirk's contract. Is there a possibility they extend him before the season for a year or two? I don't see Quasi going the bridge QB route. And the Vikings shouldn't waste a year or two of JJ's talent with a rookie who isn't ready. Uh, I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? Because that point is very valid. Do you want to pair Justin Jefferson with a quarterback that might not be able to unlock his full potential? You've got this kind of offense that's ready to win. Do you really want to let Kirk walk away from that? And I think that Quazy has just come to grips with being comfortable in the uncertainty. Now, it's hard for fans to be comfortable in the uncertainty. But it seems like Quazy has kind of slammed the door on that. He has said, we didn't find a solution that's right for this year. Maybe we will in the future. He has not slammed the door on future talks, but I think he slammed the door on making a decision this season. And Kirk also seems to be at peace with that. He said, we'll talk about it in March. My agent, you know, will handle things and he'll call me if there's something worth talking about. But thus far, there's been nothing to talk about. I think that We're taking this thing to free agency, Luke. I don't see a resolution coming here. Yeah, we've learned never say never, so it's possible, sure, but I'm with you, man. I think at this point today, every ounce of focus and energy, it's now on football, on the field with the X's and O's. I think if an extension was going to get done, it would have happened already, and I think, at least from the Vikings front office lens, they've made up their mind. They're done. They're going to let them play out this season and evaluate things from there now. Could they resign him next offseason? Absolutely. I think those percentages, in fact, are going up and up. The more we think about, A, Brian Flores providing this team with a legitimate defense again, and then, B, the fact that Jordan Addison might be a pretty legitimate complementary piece for J.J. because you add all these things up, it means maybe they're going to be a much more complete team this season than a lot of fans maybe thought to begin with. Then the front office may look at that and say, 
Let's roll with the veteran over the rookie one more time. Let's just run it back and see how far we can push this thing. But a lot of different variables I just laid out there. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. all that remains to be seen. Yeah, it's it, it's inter It's a very interesting approach for a second-year GM who you, you would expect, I think, for most new GMs, that they've got a very firm plan. Like, they've got this clear direction. And I'm not sure that, Quazy has shown that he has that clear direction at quarterback. Maybe, maybe his plan all along has been two years of Kirk, and then we'll see. But um, let me just play isn't... devil's advocate for ten seconds here and say, you know, yeah. every and I'm with everybody when I say, God, you don't want to use, it. you don't want to waste any of JJ's prime, right? But maybe at a certain point, you just got to bite the bullet. He's, what, 25 years old? I mean, if you hope the plan mm -hmm. is for him to retire a Vikings, you hope you can get another 10 great years out of him. Maybe you get to, you know, year 28 and 29 years old and, and you're rolled with Kirk for four more years. You're going to look back and say, man, we should have just rolled with the rookie when we had the chance and developed him and progressed him. And maybe there was one lost year in there. But, you know, quarterbacks in today's NFL, especially if you pick the right one with the right coach, I think they can have some pretty good instant success as early as year two. So um, at a certain point, though, eventually you're going to have to bite the bullet and get a new quarterback in here. Maybe now's the time to do it before it's too late. Good points, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman on Twitter. He'll be back tomorrow with us on the football party, along with Harif Hassan and Luke Braun, Ron Johnson. It's the full roundtable panel talking Vikings training camp on tomorrow's show. Uh, question of the day, comment on YouTube. Who's your Mr. Mankato pick? Still got time. We're still taking entries, I think. It's not too late. Go ahead. Let us know who you think is going to win this thing before the games get started. Uh, I'll be out there at training camp. Luke Braun's out there at training camp. I saw Ron there yesterday. So plenty of firsthand accounts on tomorrow's Minnesota football party. Uh, on Locked On Sports Minnesota, thank you, Luke. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom for training camp updates. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Locked On Sports Minnesota.